Hello there. Presented by the Atlas Strength Shop. This is the Atlas Nerds in Iron Podcast. With your hosts, Cameron Ray and Tyler Hales. Nerds and Iron Podcast. I am your host, Cameron Ray. This is Tyler Hales, and today we have a special guest, Mr. David Gable. Hello, everyone. Uh, from Bayou Cirque here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, we're going to open up everything by talking about our chief sponsor. Chief sponsor is going to be Unmasked Studio. Go check him out on Instagram. He is a maker of boutique cosplays. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to meet him when we were at Wizard World, but do you remember the guy who was walking around in the epic Dark Knight cosplay. Yes. Like, you, you could not miss him. Like he, he looked like something that walked right out of Ben Affleck's um stunt double set, trailer. Right there. Yep. And so so that's that's Unmasked Studio. And they're one of the sponsors of the podcast. They helped to buy some of our mics. They helped to buy some of this equipment. And they're kind of making all this possible. Uh, so definitely go and check him out. Unmasked Studio with no S on IG. Go and go through his feed. Tell us which one of his cosplays is your favorite. We want to know. Another way you can support the podcast, go to Strike Force Energy at strikeforceenergy.com. Use promo code ATLASSTRENGTH. You'll save 20%. We get a small kickback from that. What is uh, Strike Force Energy? Strike Force Energy is a veteran-owned energy supplement company. What you do is you you pop a little corner of that tin pouch, you pour the liquid into whatever you're drinking, whether it's water, whether it's vodka, fruit juice, whatever. It's going to add some extra flavoring and give you some caffeine for a quick little boost. It's a great pre-workout if you hate beta alanine. I I actually use it in the morning while I'm making my coffee so that I have enough energy to make my caffeine. So there you go. uh, Those are two ways you can support the podcast. So what are we drinking right now, y'all? Well, I'm a wine guy. I know you two are beer guys, but I'm a wine guy. So I'm sipping on a Black Box Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. Uh, Juice Box got that racetrack you passed. <laughs> you always stop those racetracks. Hey, man, you know, it works. Or it's just it's in your very, fridge. It's very easy. It's very easy to grab a Juice Box. Okay. What about you, Tyler? I'm, I'm doubling down on last week. I'm drinking the uh, the uh, Catahoula Common from okay. Barley Barley. Yeah. That was a good one. I really very enjoyed good. that one. Very good. Good enough to drink it a second week. Remind me this week, because we told everybody at home that we were going to post that can on IG. And we did not. I completely forgot. Yeah. It's on YouTube. And I know a lot of people went to our YouTube and watched that, just uh, judging from the views count. And judging from the average duration of each view, they at least got to see us hold up the can. And that might have been about it. But <laughs> You're welcome for my service. Uh, but... Yeah, I think we need to post that on IG. Me, I'm drinking something a little bit different today. Uh, one of our members brought us this several months back. This is Goose Island Bourbon County. It's a stout uh, stout that's aged in bourbon barrels in 2017. This thing is heavy. I'm probably not going to finish it during the duration of this podcast. It's because it takes forever for me to drink these. Have you ever had one of these? I've never had one of those. They are really, really heavy. Uh, okay. Yeah, if you, if you want one, we got a couple more left in the fridge. Is that one of those things you should have a steak with? Uh, no, this is just one of those things I'd have for breakfast. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they actually refer to some of these as breakfast stouts. Okay. Yeah, it's, that's an actual thing. But yeah, it's good. All right. Because it's a glass bottle, it kind of gives that little that little gug-gug thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They're definitely going to pick that up on the uh, on the audio. Great. Yeah, <laughs> cool. It's going to be like y'all are being alcoholics with us. 
All right, so let's talk a little bit about circus stuff. So I know you're part of several different organizations here in Baton Rouge. What are those organizations, David? Well, I have the good fortune to be a co-owner at Gym Fit BR, and okay. so we took over the old Foxy's building, and uh, we have a plethora of different things to try. Mm -hmm. It's a 52,000 square foot facility. Wow. And it, it, we probably have not just the machine you, you want to work on, but we have multiples of that same machine. Of course, yeah. you ha may have to go on a treasure hunt to find it because there's so many different rooms that equipment is mm -hmm. in. Um, but we've got indoor pool, outdoor pool. We've got a whole host of circus programs where we teach trapeze, aerial straps, aerial silks, aerial sling, mm -hmm. circus apparatus, lyra, juggling, flow props, fire performing, all this stuff okay. on top of your normal range of fitness classes. Okay, awesome, awesome. Y'all's pool is heated, right? Yes, the okay. indoor pool is heated, not the outdoor nice, pool. Nice, nice. Well, I, I wouldn't figure the outdoor pool would be. Probably doesn't get too busy this time of year. No. Uh, so that's the, that's the training facility. That's mm -hmm. where we go, we teach, we train. Well, if you, if you train people in performing arts, amazingly enough, they will actually want to go and perform. So because of that, we, that. we have formed Bayou Cirque. And Bayou Cirque is our performing troupe. We go out and we do awesome, fun things. I would say it's a job, but it's more like a playtime is the okay. best way I can describe that. And we love having people come play with us. And okay. that, that's how you and I met. It is, it is. I know uh, you, well... I actually reached out to Jim Fit several years, oh, maybe not several years, like two years prior to us ever meeting mm -hmm. uh, because I wanted to maybe bring Strongman as a sideshow in one of the events that y'all were doing. That didn't pan out. But I know you and Tyler connected uh, a couple years later at Halloween Town. We met at Halloween Town, yes. Yep. Yep. Um, Tyler was able to get us a spot at that. So we had some of our members go out there, dress up, and lift some heavy things with the kids. I know y'all were doing something similar out there. Exactly. There was a link up. And then um, when I saw, I think it was Jen Brown posted a picture, and, and somebody in the picture was holding y'all's dumbbell prop mm -hmm. that y'all have. So I reached out to her and was like, hey, y'all want some real people to, to do real dumbbells at some of y'all's acts? And she got me in touch with you. And yeah, the rest is history. Uh, you threw us into the fire almost immediately. <laughs> um, it definitely moved a lot faster than we were expecting. Next thing you know, we're wearing tights at Wizard World, and yeah, and I the, the I path to tights is very quick. I definitely ripped those pants. <laughs> like those, and I could not squeeze into them now. My squats probably gained like 50, 75 pounds since wow. then. Wow, I cannot fit into those pants anymore. It's a good problem to have. Good it problem. It's a good problem to have. Right. Uh, yeah, maybe William over at Mass Studio can uh, give me an upgrade. There you go. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. Well, the last organization I'm part of is called Circus Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Because, amazingly enough, you know, while Baton Rouge is the capital of Louisiana, it is still an emerging market for circus arts. I'm sure everywhere so, is almost. Exactly. So we formed Circus Louisiana to be a 501c3 that we could write grants for mm -hmm. and try and get some money from the city, state, federal governments because some doors open a lot easier when you're a 501c3 than if you're a corporation or even a performing troupe. Okay. So Circus Louisiana actually goes out there and you know organizes and creates the events like we did the Manship Theater show called mm -hmm. Dark Circus. Um, that was Circus Louisiana, mm -hmm. put it on, had rented the equipment from Jim Fit and hired by Cirque to perform at it. Okay. Along with, we had uh, above ground aerial mm -hmm. um, there, and um, there was one other studio, but slipped in my mind right now. Anyway, uh, they all came. We all came together, and we did it. So, Circus Louisiana is purely designed to promote circus arts within Louisiana and create events for people to go perform at. Awesome, awesome. I know I had really wanted to go see y'all at Dark Circus. I think I've told you this story before. <laughs> 
Um, me and my me and my girlfriend at the time, we're, we're all dressed up, we're ready to go. I get online to buy tickets and they're sold out. I did not realize just how quickly that show would sold out. I definitely should have, uh, I should have thought ahead on that one. I was so worried because like two weeks out, we only had sold like 30 tickets. And, I, and I'm the guarantor mm -hmm. for, the, for this. You know, yeah. it's my name at the bottom of the contract mm -hmm. for all this. And then all of a sudden by Wednesday, it started just ticking. Well, I'm sure. Oh, okay. I'm sure everybody was kind of like me where they were like, this looks really cool. I'll just go get some tickets on the way there. And I messaged because at the time, Jen was the only one that I knew. So I messaged her. I was like, hey, I'm coming to see y'all. And she's like, I don't think you're coming to see us. You might want to double check that. Yeah, there was a few people that actually showed up at the door thinking they were going to be able to get in. And there was no tickets. There was no seats. Yeah. It was unfortunate, but uh, it was a good spot to be in. So this next show we're doing that Circus was uh, hosting is Hook Across Neverland. Mm -hmm. And it's the last weekend in August. I think it's the 27th, 28th, 29th. And that's mm -hmm. our, we're going to do two shows on Saturday, one show on Sunday. In the hopes of not... We would love to sell out again. Yeah. But we want to get those people that didn't get to see us last time. Yeah, definitely. To see us this definitely. Time. So... Um, anyway, so that's the three organizations that you, know, you currently have here. There are some other... Uh, little studios that do do circus style stuff here in Baton Rouge mm -hmm. and there's a few in New Orleans but uh, Circus Louisiana is our, our method to try and make more big events happen yeah definitely because uh, as awesome as y'all are to make a big event happen you definitely need more bodies it is not easy yeah. And, yeah, and well you know I've abused the, the strongman a few times for, hey, we have this event, we need to put this trust up, and that trust does yeah. not weigh a small amount. Yeah, sometimes I think that's the only reason you talk to us. <laughs> that is not it at all. Sometimes I need you to throw people up and catch them too. I know. Uh, who, who was it that was actually telling me this story? Um, the last event that y'all did, somebody yelled out, where's Lauren? <laughs> we are putting the trust up. Yeah. Yep, that, that did happen. They were like, oh, this is much heavier than like... Well, you know, she can outlift all of us. Yeah. That is one strong woman. We oh, yeah, love having is. her as part of the show. Yep. Uh, she'll actually be here later today uh, to do some training. And she's going, I think she, uh, we, she's going to be on the podcast next weekend. Is she? Oh, cool. I think okay. so. I think that's the plan. Uh, so I know. I'm getting warm, so I'm going to lose the top hat and the jacket. Yeah, definitely do. It, it is pretty it's, warm in here. It, it is. Wait, wait. Put it, put it back on. All right. Because I've been meaning to do this for the last two episodes. Or you know what? I'm actually going to cut all that out. Just just do your thing. Just do okay, your thing. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, there, there's no way to do it organically. I'm probably <laughs> not even going to cut it out. They're just going to have to figure out what I'm talking about. All right, so uh, what are your disciples? What do you, uh, what do you, uh, disciples? In? I don't have any disciples. That's the disciplines. I have some disciplines. <laughs> I can't read. Reading's hard. <laughs> not a problem. Um, my, di oops, sorry, my discipline is trapeze first. So okay. I had the good fortune to have Nicole Fernbach and Matt Viverito. Who both of them traveled with a circus for a while. Okay. Uh, that's how I initially got it at the gym was they walked mm -hmm. in. She had accepted a job at a, as a resident here at uh, Pennington Biomedical. Okay. And she walks in and goes, hey, do y'all need a trapeze instructor? Yes. Yes, we do. Nice, nice. And so that's how I got into this whole thing because before that, I was American Ninja Warrior training, trying mm -hmm. to get on the show again for a fourth time. Um, and then I kind of switched and went full circus. Mm -hmm. uh, so I dove heavily into the duo trapeze. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I was always fascinated by the aerial straps. Because to me, aerial straps is this unique combination of grace, beauty, and a hell of a lot of strength. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so I started working on that too. So my, those are my two big things. I can do a little bit of standing acro, mm -hmm. but not much. Yeah. And then uh, a little bit of flow and a few props, but not enough to be to actually put a routine together. Yeah, definitely. But it, it's one of the cool things about the the circus is you know there's so many different disciplines that you can 
hop into. And there's plenty, you can never get all of it, but you will have a lot of fun trying. Mm -hmm. But, um, so yeah, that's what I do. I do the trapeze, I do the aerial straps, and then we have multiple other things that we teach at the gym. And of course, when it comes to the troop, we perform everything we can. Yeah, uh, I know it seems like every time that I come out to do something with y'all, y'all found some someone else out of a little pocket in Baton Rouge that y'all didn't have yeah. before. So you said y'all uh, y'all have a lot of other disciplines. Uh, what are some of those, and what's the best place for a beginner to really get started? All right, so, you know, the first thing is they just need to walk in and say, hey, I want to try something. And okay. just have that, you know, think of it as an adventure, walk in and say, today I'm going to go play on whatever they want me to try. Yeah. So aerial silks is wonderful to get into. Aerial uh, trapeze is a wonderful beginner one mm -hmm. because you get to partner with somebody else. You may not get to the impressive stuff anytime quick yeah. because there's a lot of safety that has to go into whenever you're either the person being held up or the one holding up other people. Mm -hmm. um, but... Uh, it's very easy to step in and just start trying. And then if you're someone that's moderately fit, you'll be amazed at how quickly you get going with it. If you're someone that's not fit at all and you start training, you will be amazed at just how challenging it is, but how much fun it is. Mm -hmm. All right, We have people that come in and they start working on it and then slowly and steadily their body starts to change because yeah. they don't realize how hard they're working in the course of that hour or two hours. And that over days, weeks, and time matter and yeah. you know it's the big secret there is no secret to fitness other than consistency yeah definitely all right it's like people ask me how you get stronger and they don't like my answer when i tell them you squat bench overhead press and deadlift moderately heavy every week for the next 10 years it, it, yeah it's amazing how that works yeah they all want that shortcut and there is no shortcut but uh speaking of uh basic strength levels uh let's take something like like basing and trapeze is there a baseline strength that somebody probably needs to to have before they walk in? Like, should they be able to accomplish a certain number amount of pull-ups or anything like that? And no, honestly, while that is wonderful if they have that, mm -hmm. that is part of our whole training regimen is when people walk in, we we put them on what we call the five push-up goal. Okay. Put five push-up, five pull-up goal. Yes. And so that's part of their conditioning. Every time they come in, they're gonna do a little bit towards working on that goal. And that matters. And then of course, you know, the, you see the guys come in, they can't do the pull-ups at first, and then they start working it, and they get there, and they get the first moment they can pull their own body weight up and do a pull-up. It's an exciting moment. It is. And they're like, yeah, I got this. And I'm like, great, now you need to do 10 of those. Wait, yep. okay. And now you need to work on being able to do it and clap at the top of the pull-up. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. And you know, I have guys that started with us at the beginning of the summer, who can now knock out seven clapping pull-ups in a row, and he's like, I never thought I could do this. Mm -hmm. You know, a guy walked in, 220 pounds, he's now down to 205, and mm -hmm. he is solid. Yeah. He's got a little bit around the, a little bit of extra on the waistline, but he's you know a solid dude. Like. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get back to around that. Uh, so how did you, so, I know you said you got into it from, from American Ninja Warrior. We've never really talked much about that period of your life. How did you get into American Ninja Warrior? And do these videos of you actually on the show exist anywhere? Because I have looked for them and I couldn't find them. Okay, I'll settle that part first. Problem is G4 at the time ran American Ninja Warrior and okay. G4 is, was very aggressive about owning their digital content. So Like, like Prince? And yes. Okay. You just made me uh, feel really old when you mentioned G4. Yeah, 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 you should. <laughs> So, I don't know what G4 is. It was the channel exactly. that initially brought uh, American Ninja Warrior over. Okay. Um, so, if you, so if you went to their competition and you ran and you filmed yourself mm -hmm. and you put it up anywhere, within days you got a takedown notice. Wow. All right. So, I may have a clip hidden on my phone somewhere of some okay. of this. 
But uh, the reality is, every time I've put it up, I've gotten my, my two cease and desist, and I'd rather not get my YouTube channel, my, my yeah, YouTube ability not. revoked. Especially if you try to put them up on uh, on like Bayou Cirque or something like that. But there are tricks around that. And if you'd like to know those tricks around that, we can talk about that. <laughs> we'll save that for another time. Okay. But basically what happened was I was a guy that was doing, you know, in high school I did gymnastics and had fun with it, but mm. I, was, I was never a good gymnast. Let, let me be very clear. You know, that there's that one guy on the team who works hard, mm. he enjoys it, but he, you know he's never going to take it anywhere. Like me, with strong man. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just enjoyed it. Well, you know, I got out of, of school. Did what I could, having fun with it, did, mm -hmm. did, and then got back into fitness in my 30s, and uh, really was enjoying it. And then one night, my wife goes on a camp out with the Girl Scouts and mm -hmm. my daughter, and me and the two boys were left unsupervised, flipping through the channels, and we come across American Ninja Warrior, and I'm sitting there watching this going, oh, this is it. This is the challenge I have been looking for yeah. to make me really take my fitness to the next level. Yeah. So she comes home the next day, I'm sitting there doing push-ups, and I got both my boys on my back, mm -hmm. and she's like, going on oh I, i'm going to go do this extreme ninja warrior obstacle course thing honey it's gonna be great she's like oh lord what 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 happened mm -hmm. um so i started training and working on all these weird things so there's videos of me like monk uh the overpass interstate overpass over that park down by government mm -hmm. there's video of me scaling it from the one side to the other just overhand monkeying across the entire right. way i gotta see that nice. all right i gotta see that um just working on grip strength, working on body weight, working all this, all the, these different things, because you never know what the obstacle is. Yeah. Then you, then uh, I sent in my application that year. There was over, you know, um, two thousand, three thousand applicants, and they took three hundred. Okay. All right, and I man, I got to go. Mm -hmm. So of the three hundred that competed that weekend, I placed like eighty third. Okay. Right? Not, not, not yeah, top third of the packs, not the bad though. I, I was happy with it. Um, the thing that defeated me was the trampoline. I hit a trampoline and hit it wrong, and instead of going. To where I was, like I missed that bar by that much. Mm. And like, then, like if this was the bar right here, if this was the bar. If this was the bar, I okay. missed it by an inch. So, so my wife snaps, snaps this lovely picture of me, and it looks like I'm going to get it, like ah, because I'm like Superman flying, Ooh. and I start the descent Ooh. into the water, twelve feet, sploosh. And there's that moment I was sitting in the water, I'm like. All right, let it go. This was an awesome journey. Yeah. Let me get it back up and just enjoy this and get yeah. out the water. Great day. Uh, season three, I applied, didn't get in. Season four, I applied, got in. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time they went to regionals. So mm -hmm. I went to Texas. And season four, I managed to place 32 in my, in my region. Oh, nice. Which wasn't good enough to go into the second round, but it was good enough to be the second alternate. So okay. I had to sit around all week and watch everybody else get ready for the for the the, the, the thing. And that's annoying. It is. You it don't is. know whether you should be like peaking or drinking. Right at that point. Yeah. Um. Now I need to pause real quick. One of the awesome things about being in the Ninja Warrior contested pool. Mm -hmm. So you're sitting there, you're showing up, and you're there all day. Yeah. Right? Let me make sure you understand. It's not just oh you show up and you leave. You're there all day. We 100% know what that feels okay. like. Okay. Um. So and much. everyone's. You have these athletes of all different backgrounds and everyone's doing their own. No matter how big a fish you are in your area, you suddenly feel small because you see, you, know, you turn, you look over there, and there's this guy doing backflip burpees. He has his warm-up before he goes on the show. You turn to your right, you've got a guy who's literally leaping picnic tables, standing, standing broad jump over the picnic table and landing on the other side, turning around and jumping across. Again, I'm like, sounds like overhandling it. What the hell? <laughs> so it was it was impressive just sitting there looking around at mm -hmm. the talent of all everybody around you going, I'm no longer in Kansas. 
you know? Mm-hmm. It was definitely a very cool moment to be. Um, and, and the other thing was, as people are going through the course, they're coming off the course and, hey, guys, watch out for this obstacle. It shifts on you. Yeah. Th- this happens. Everyone there has this attitude of it's us versus the course, not yeah. me versus you. Um, phenomenal sportsmanship amongst the, the mm-hmm. people. Uh, I got season six. I didn't make the cut, but I went and sat in line for a week mm-hmm. on, on concrete, waiting for my chance to be a walk-on. Okay. And uh, I had fun. Did did everything I could with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one I actually had video of. Unfortunately, that was the one where a ref that wasn't pre- the the as you move through the course, right? Mm-hmm. There is no you get to try it. It's just yeah. you walk up. They say, okay, these are where you can't touch. You can't touch. Everyone understand? All right, good. Move, they move mm-hmm. through. And they just talk about it, and you and they show you the obstacles. Then it's your turn to go. Yeah. So there's one uh, course judge, and then there's individual obstacle judges. Mm-hmm. Either one can call you off. Mm-hmm. So I do the obstacle, and I look at the guy right next to him. Am I good? He goes, yeah. So I get up to start going. Well, the line judge, the, the course judge, calls me out. And the guy mm-hmm. says, sir, I, he didn't touch. I saw him touch. Okay, so he has to hit, flip the lights. Oh, it was so disappointing when the red lights came up and oh, it buzzed me out. It was like, oh, because ah, the next three obstacles were all ones I had trained. I knew how mm-hmm. to defeat each one of those. It, those were mine. Yeah. And I was doing so good on time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. I digressed. No, that's, yeah. all, that's what we're here for. You're the guest, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're the guest. Yeah, this, this, the show is about you. <laughs> well, the, the, so after that, uh, I received word through back channels, I kept applying for the next few seasons that, hey, listen, we saw you three times, you didn't make it through, you're probably not gonna get a, a, a re-invite. Especially that's, that's fair. once it got to 90,000, yeah. 100,000 applicants. It's TV. Right. Yeah, you, know, you gotta have good TV. Um, same with World's Strongest Man, we were talking about that a few episodes. Right. It's not always the strongest people in the world that get invited, it's the people who will draw the most eyes. It's the most polarizing people, yes. Yeah. Like, I guarantee you, if you had 500,000 Instagram followers, you would have gotten an invite. Uh, also true. Yeah, so yeah. that's just that's I'm, the way television works. I'm wearing a Robert Obar shirt. Everybody knows that Robert stays injured, and he's just okay. Has he ever podiumed? He's never podiumed. I wouldn't say he's okay. He's better than all of us. I know he's better than all of he's us. He's one of the best in the world. Comparing him to others yes. at his level, he's very middle of the road. Yes. And, he, uh, he's, but he, he has a polarizing personality. They're going to keep bringing him back. He's there because he's a good personality. He's right. good enough to get on Rogan. He's good enough to share his shirts. He's good enough to get eyes on World's Strongest Man. Right. I, for one, enjoy watching him. I do. Even though he's he very entertaining. Yeah, he's very entertaining. Yes. Yeah, like, I, I'm pretty sure there are a lot of middleweights that could, you know, wipe the floor with him, but he's entertaining, so. Yeah, they're wet lumps. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, that is one unfortunate thing about Strongman is a lot of times the people who get invited to shows aren't the people who are the best athletes. So the ones that really take their training very seriously aren't the ones that get invited. It's the ones who get a lot of eyes, who have the sponsors, who have the clout. Right. Like, like let's take, I don't know if you know who Larry Wheels is. I do not. So Larry Wheels, he started off in powerlifting, but he's kind of more of a, I would describe more of an uh, Instagram personality. He, he does a lot of weird things just to put a PR on the table every day for his Instagram videos. He is incredibly strong. Like, wh- whatever it is, he has it. Oh, wow. Like, there, there's no doubt There's no doubt about it. He's, he's one of the most genetically gifted people on earth when it comes to strength sports. Okay. But 
he didn't have to prove himself in the sport of strongman before getting invited to the Log Press World Championship. He just had to have a seven-digit Instagram following right. and be friends with Half Thor. You that's, know, that's what the, got those things matter sometimes. Yes, and it's a business, and I understand. Like, I'm not hating on it. That's just... It is what it is. That's the business. Question. Would Eddie Hall have reached his point if not for being polarizing? No, definitely not. Um, they would not because uh, World Strongest Man 2017, those events, there's controversy surrounding that showing um, because many believe that those events were tailor-made so Eddie Hall would win World Strongest Man 2017. Oh, wow. That uh, would piss some people off. It would, and that's why him and Half Thor currently have a boxing match scheduled for September. <laughs> because Half Thor came in second, dude, and he would have came in first if it wasn't for one judge's call on one of the events. I can see that. So, now, I have a theory that their their beef that they have is all manufactured to, to drive sales for both of their brands. Could be. But it probably is, because like I said, it's a business. They're both retired from Strongman, and now they're about to... You know, it's going to look like two wildebeest fighting in the savannah. Is, uh, I don't know if you watched the uh, Half Thor award fight that happened a few weeks ago. No, I didn't catch it. So, are you familiar with Half Thor's dimensions? Yes. You know, he's 6'8". Right now he weighs like, I think, 380, something like that. Somewhere between 350 and 380. He was at 440 when he competed in the Arnold, but he cut down a lot. So his conditioning is way higher. The guy he went up against was 7 inches shorter and 100 pounds lighter. And I'll tell you what. He's still a big dude. He is. Yes, he was still dwarf everybody in this room. They did three rounds, three three three-minute rounds, and only one of them looked like they had gotten in a fight at the end of it, and it wasn't the guy who was big. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry, it wasn't the little guy. Right. Like, like Half Thor just, he, he got worked over for three rounds straight. So this this definitely isn't going to be a uh, this Eddie Hall Half Thor fight. It's definitely not going to be a uh, a showcase of raw boxing talent. Right. It is 100% going to be a... Um, a slugfest. Yeah, it's going to be a slugfest for uh, for IG. This, uh, pause for one second. It looks like... This isn't... Well, that's not good. Are we losing our mics? We didn't lose our mics. We never really had our mics. Oh. Oh, Lord. It was picking everybody up, but we're going to... Um, we're definitely going to have some issues about midway through, so we're sorry. We are now listening with different mics instead of the iPad mics. The iPads have good mics, mm -hmm. so it is it it is what it is. There's there's really no do-overs for that. Uh, apologize for the sound quality for the last 26 minutes, y'all. Uh, we'll do better from here on out. These things happen. These things definitely happen. Um, so, yeah. You might be hearing Tyler for the first time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, he hadn't really talked very much. It's been me and you this whole uh, this whole go around, so I don't think people are really going to notice that much. <sighs> so let's see. Yeah, we do. So what is it about circus that you love? All right, that's an easy one. So, okay. Man, I love the play. I love this. Uh, when we start to produce a show, when we start to – first off, training itself feels more like playtime. Mm -hmm. That's the way I could describe it. And so I love – uh, working with people, having them get a new trick, having them get that confidence, having you know, see, mm -hmm. seeing that joy. I did that. I did that, and they mm -hmm. just get so excited. And I love that yeah. moment. 
So that's one of the things I enjoy as a trainer who's teaching people. And then when you sit there and you spend all that time polishing a routine, you know, a month working the same set mm -hmm. of movements over and over again, trying to sync your movements with the music. And then you take that out there and you go perform it somewhere mm -hmm. and you finish that performance. It's like such a rush, you know, to come down from it. You got the people who are, who are applauding and it's like, I just did that. I just did a three minutes of nonstop action and I didn't drop my flyer. I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, have anything happen wrong. We nailed all of our moves on beat. It was perfect. And then the final thing I love about it is uh, I like to organize big events, mm -hmm. right? So, like, us going to perform at Wizard World Comic Con or Dark Circus. And then you finish off a show like Dark Circus. And then you're like, we did that. That was six months of work, of mm -hmm. effort, coming together to produce two one-hour and 30-minute shows. Mm -hmm. And... It executed hey flawlessly. Can yeah, can you do me a favor and just move that mic, just just kind of swing it around in front of you just a little bit? Right there. Uh, talk. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. a little bit better. All right. So uh, those are all things I love. And then there's the getting the costumes together, making it mm -hmm. all happen, You know, having people find their music, and then getting them to all synced up. It is a journey. It is a headache and a challenge. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But it's, it, it's one of those labors of love. Like, mm -hmm. you won't hear me complaining about a show because I'm enjoying it the whole way through from start to finish. I'm enjoying the journey. We uh, we performed at the Ren Fair, and that was an absolute blast. I've been oh going yeah. to the Ren Fair since they opened up here in Louisiana, and before that I was going to the one in Texas. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved it. And now I get to go and perform as, you know, our Venetian jesters and, and the, the Florence Harlequins, mm -hmm. and we do our little show, and we have a blast doing it. And uh, – you know, quite honestly, I, you see all the people that they finish off the jousting show, and a lot of them stay and they watch mm -hmm. us do our show. And uh, each year we get better and better at it. The performers themselves get more relaxed, more confident, mm -hmm. more, more capable. And uh, I just love seeing that journey. You know, we're taking something that didn't exist and making it as big as we can. You know what that feels like. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's definitely a journey of love. You know yes, how that goes. Definitely. Right. Definitely. So, uh, so this year at Ren Fair, we had to deal with all the COVID restrictions. Oh, yes. Was was the juice worth? In your opinion, was the juice worth the squeeze this year? Like, did y'all get a crowd that made it worth it? Was like, was everything was everything worth it? I think given people, for for us, we would if Ren Fair was going on right now, we would still we do it right now again, all mm -hmm. over, no questions asked. Okay. All right. Um, Everybody was so tired of being in their house, of not having Definitely. somewhere to go, somewhere to do. And so it was worth it for my performers. They got out the house. Yeah. Understand. That's a great way to look in at it. In case you're curious, we don't pay well, if at all, half the time. We are more of a, a bunch of people that get together as, uh, as a, for a play date more than anything else. Because, mm -hmm. unfortunately, when we do get paid, the insurance and overhead of running a circus, because you have people at heights, you have mm -hmm. people performing with fire and all these other things. That, those aren't cheap insurance rates. No, no, I'd imagine not. So, and then you know, y because we're an official company, we also have to have a workers' compensation, mm -hmm. and so they treat us like we're hazardous or something. I mean, so, who would think? So, wait, you saying <laughs> if I get injured next time I'm performing with y'all, I can get I can get a little check? Hmm. Sir, you're not my friend right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, mo moving on. No, I actually think there was a great uh, Alvin. And uh, Rick, who owned the Ren Fair, I think it was a great choice on their part mm -hmm. to move forward with hosting it because so many people wanted to get out their house. It, it's an out outdoor venue. Everyone's not clustered up at any one point. Yeah. 
you know, they're spread out. It's a perfect, a perfect scenario for things to activate and happen. Mm-hmm. I know what was surprising for me was how many people actually enjoyed the BYOB aspect where you just bring your own ice chest. Um, I know that was one thing I kind of shook my head at because my favorite thing to do when, when I go to Ren Fair is walk around with a bottle of meat in one hand and a turkey leg in the other. That is a good just, time. And just sightsee. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that was my first uh, first thing I ever saw y'all uh, perform in was at Ren Fair because I had met y'all a couple of weekends prior, and I was like, all right, let me see who I'm getting in bed with here. And so I, I dropped in on y'all and sat in the stands, you know. And you have know, you enjoyed being in wind. bed with us? Yes, yes, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. It uh <coughs> is it has been uh, it's been a thrill. And had we had Mardi Gras this year, we would have been our little circus troupe would have been in six different parades wow. and balls. Okay, wow. that's insane to me that they canceled Mardi Gras. As much of an economic driver as that is, I figured that that COVID was going to disappear overnight right before Mardi Gras season. I, I really thought, did I, that. I kind of thought so too, but then yeah. it didn't. Yeah. And I mean, like we have. So, like, we provide stilt walkers, globe walkers. Mm-hmm. We have a mobile aerial rig that we put on the back of a trailer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can do s- – we have giant puppets. We can do sky puppets. We can do so many different things on top of the fire performers, the LED performers, mm-hmm. the silt performers. We actually, you know, really bring a lot to a parade when y'all we Y'all really did. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing y'all at Spanish Town a couple of years ago, and, yeah, y'all were great. I carried a big ass bird last year. <laughs> you did. I was a bird person. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. At the Rio parade. Yep. Yep. And uh, it, it was so shocking to see Mardi Gras get canceled. And it really know, was. It's such a big part of our culture here. It is. And so I'm really happy to see people doing like the parade of house floats. Yeah. Down in New Orleans, and there are a few people in Baton Rouge that are now starting to do it. So I, I got my wife and I, you know, thinking about possibly, you know, doing something at the house, but it won't be. We won't have the time to make it as truly big as I want. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Well, do you ever have the time to make it as big as you want? No, no. Like you, you get <laughs> you got to figure out how much time you have and work backwards from there. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the great things about circus is it allows you to keep pursuing the weird and the fun, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that takes different avenues of expression. One of my little side projects I'm thoroughly enjoying is the Enchanted Trail by my house. Yeah. So there, for those that don't know, there's a uh, Breck Park right by my house, and uh, they have this little walking trail that goes through. And I started hanging one or two faces up in the trees, mm-hmm. and uh, people started giving me more faces. And Let, so, let's do this a little bit right now. Your mic is sitting right here. Aim it at me. Yeah, aim All it right. at you. Oh my god, that made a hell of a difference. All right, there we go. So, uh, yeah. So now we're up to fifteen faces hidden along this trail, all about nine feet up in the mm-hmm. air, and uh, it's just one of those things. It, it very much re- reminds me of not Howl's Moving Castle. What is that anime? Um, with the witch, young girl, she sneaks off to it. I know you talked about us uh, Studio Ghibli. I'm not really it is familiar Studio with Studio Ghibli. Ghibli. It's not Spirited Away, is it? Yes. Spirited okay. Away. That's the only one I know the name of. Yes. It, and it, it's just from the trailers. They were everywhere when I was a kid. Yes. Uh, it, yeah. it reminds me of the Spirited Away portion, how she's going through the forest. And okay. So th- that's kind of the inspiration for that one. Okay. Awesome. I, I know awesome. it's a nerd cast, so I was like, well, let me throw that out there real quick. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's what we do around here. Right. So, speaking of nerds. I know that a lot of right, – well, I say a lot of y'all. Two of y'all that I know of both have Nightwing cosplays. <laughs> yes. Is that just because of Dick Grayson's history with the circus, or was Nightwing something that uh, 
it, it's Ben that has it as well, is right, right? Right. Ben and I both have Nightwing. Is, is that something that y'all were both interested in before y'all got into circus? Y'all like Nightwing, or is like what is it like it's well, a chicken why and that egg kind of thing? Yeah. Um, in all honesty, it's because uh, I don't have the build to be Batman. Because okay. Batman is supposed to be more your size. And Ben does? Ben does not have the build to be Batman either. <laughs> that was a fun show. <laughs> that was a fun show. Um, it was. Okay, so for those of y'all that don't know, uh, if, you're on, if you're following us on YouTube, if you go to our intro, there is a scene with Tyler and his Bane lifting a – and they, they really pulled this out of their ass at the last minute um, – a, it looks like a Walmart purchase Batman costume, <laughs> and that is Ben. And they're uh, they're redoing the break the bat scene at Wizard World, where they actually li- Tyler actually lifted Ben up and then brought him down on, on the knee. It yeah. was beautiful. The crowd loved it. My favorite part of that though was when uh, was when Tyler literally broke the bat and <laughs> <laughs> he chunked Ben right <clears throat> to the tripod. <clears throat> And the leg of the rig, yes. And right. Yeah, he had a he had a head wound. Tyler started freaking out, even though he was a medic in the National Guard. <laughs> I was a medic, but it, you know, it, for someone that I was, it, for something that I actually did, I, yes, I did freak out. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was a kind of a freaky moment. Um, that whole show was so much fun. It was. It was a blast. Was. I yes. can't. I can't wait until they actually like have cons in person again, so that we can do that again. Yes. Oh, we got, and of course, we're going to go bigger if they'll let us. It's all about what they'll let us do. And hopefully, um, hopefully, William over in Usmass Studio can get us a cosplay that we can move in. Ooh, that would be really cool. That would be cool. That'd be cool. I know he said he wanted to make uh, make me and Tyler some. That that would work. So Tyler had a uh, Bane mask. That didn't uh, a friend of yours help you make that mask? Yes, friend our, of ours. It was our Ethan. friend uh, Ethan Ingles. He three D printed that entire thing. It definitely helped you help sell the image. It was in. It, he printed it in sections, and I was able to put elastic in it and padding in it. And I went ahead and played the full part. I shaved my beard. I shaved my head, and it came out really nice. Oh, you looked great. And speaking of Ethan, y'all go to Ingles Woodworking right now. Is that is that the Instagram name or is it Ingles uh, Woodworks? Ingles, Ingles Craft. Ingles Craft. Ingles Craft. That's it. Ingles Craft. Right now, not only does Ethan do. 3D printing, he also is I, – I swear every piece of woodworking he does get gets better and better. He made our, he made our stone, platform stone platform back there. Yep. He, he, does, um, he does bookshelves. He does these really awesome cutting boards. So, yeah, if, you, uh, if you're in the Baton Rouge area and you want a local artisan to make you something out of wood. He'll even ship. I know he, sh- he ships. He does ship? You. Yeah. There you go. As far as uh, Ingles Craft, go hit him up. Yeah, I really liked. Uh, I think he should have gone with my name of Ethan's Passion Woods, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but he, he, he did not. Sometimes we are just fourteen-year-old boys tra- trapped in an adult body. Sometimes. <laughs> um, we're, we're literally talking about how we dress up as our favorite superheroes. That is true. <laughs> that is true. We do dress but, up as our favorite superheroes. Okay. Yes. So you you know one of my ideas that I'm trying to recruit you on. For the vertical wall dancing. Yes, yes. So during the test runs of that. Okay. I haven't gotten a chance to watch those videos yet. I saw them at like 8 a.m. and I was not conscious yet. So some of my performers, David Rumfellow, Kasim Beheth, uh, John Scott, he's actually a co-owner of, of Bayou Cirque, um, and a few others are like, dude, we need to – yes, we can do whatever dance show you want to do, David, but after that, we have to do a superhero show where we're all in Spider-Man costumes. 
dancing on the side of the buildings. They they are so stoked. Sixties Batman and Robin would be more uh, would be more uh, that would be that. <laughs> the cheese behind that one would be great. Even they, they want to do Spider Man and Spider Gwen. I'm telling you. Fair enough. You said they want to do Spider Man and Spider Gwen. Yep. I okay. Do, yeah, I it works. I, I mean, y'all have somebody who already has a Spider Gwen costume. We do. We so. do. I think I think she doesn't realize it yet, but she might get roped into this. <laughs> Pun intended. Pun intended. Pun intended. Uh, this. Which one actually owns the Spider-Gwen costume? Because I know uh, everybody I loans their costumes out like crazy. Yeah, there, there's a lot of Probably costume Stephanie's, sharing within that? Bayou Cirque. Uh, one of the Spider-Gwens is Stephanie's, and the vi- and then the other one owns the Venom Spider-Gwen. Okay. Ooh. That's or cool. Vi- That's cool. Venom-Gwen? Is that a I, I don't. I don't know if they have a name for it, like right. a specific one. Just so yeah, the one, one has Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen, the other one has the Venom version. Of cool, cool, cool. That was at the, our first Comic-Con. Those two did a duo cube routine. Oh, I saw. Okay. Like one one things that uh, I always research who I'm getting involved with, and that was one of the things I did was I saw if y'all have a YouTube channel, and I watched all of y'all's videos in one night. Oh wow! So, yeah. Well, thank you for so, that. So yeah, if you logged into your uh, your YouTube Studio app and you saw a huge uptick about a year ago, that was me. There you go. <laughs> so there you go. I need to get more content posted on that YouTube channel. I, I, I'm I am not succeeding well on the de- on the mi- on the digital media side. I need to. Need to make more happen. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe instead of drinking at y'all shows, I just need to start filming and putting some stuff out, uh, together for y'all. <laughs> uh, both are appreciated, by the way. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, we we do have a YouTube channel. We have quite a few of our routines up. We need to get a lot more put up there. Mm-hmm. We have even more neat and fun things that are coming. This next show, Hook Across Neverland, mm-hmm. which is our version of the Hook story. And uh, we're doing some things that we have not done before. You're going to see new disciplines, and you're going to see some of the disciplines we've done before, but you use in new ways. Yeah, I know and some of the things you've recruited us for. We're going to have to figure out a way to really uh, make that happen. Uh, yes. Just because can, can we do it? Yes, it's stuff that we've done in the past, but we had to figure out new applications for s- some of that stuff. Exactly. Oh. You know, hey, Excuse me. That's, the fun, but that's one of the things you asked what I love about circuits. I love also the problem solving, the challenges. Yes, yes definitely. I mean, we're going to do a luau in June mm-hmm. at the gym, right? Over the water. Just j- similar to what we did at Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm-hmm. We're going to be over the water, but I figured out how to put an invisible table in the pool. It, is it my idea of running the runners out to the edges, or y'all figured out a leg pod? Uh, another way. Okay, cool, figured cool. Out another way. We'll, t- we'll talk about that after. We don't want right. to give away all your, uh, right. all your trade no, no, no. secrets. But, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we're going to do a luau with fire show, aerial arts, and aerial fire. It's going to And we're going to eat a pig. Really and we're going to have a couchon delay. You're right. You're going yes. to get to eat a pig. Going to meet a pig? Hey, can we figure out how to press a circus dumbbell on fire? Because yeah, gla- oh, I will doable. gladly okay. do that. Su- circus dumbbell, no. No? Think about how close that is to your hand. I don't give a damn. Oh no, an axle. We've already talked oh, about this. We did. We did. Yes, right. we've, ar- we did we've already talked about, about this. Okay. We're going to uh, what is it? Kevlar tape? Is that what it is? Yep. We're, we're going to run some Kevlar tape around the edges of the wagon wheels and okay. light that on fire. Sweet. So yep. I know what we're doing next weekend. Uh, well, next weekend, next Saturday. Oh, that's right. You have the event. Come yes, we are going to be at the downtown showdown in Jackson, Louisiana. So if you're in Jackson, Louisiana, and you want to come say hi, come say hi to us. Let, let me let me correct you there. I've had to do this. <laughs> what I do? It's the downtown throwdown, and uh, if you go to Jackson, Louisiana, you're going to be Mississippi. Your head. Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jamie. Oh, Sorry, goodness. Jamie. Yes, she isn't Jackson, to us. Mississippi. She's busy. She's not listening to us. She's prepping for a shift. Right. <sighs> but yeah, Jackson, Mississippi. Um, 
Yeah, Saturday morning at the uh, was the First Baptist Church, First Jackson, Baptist Louisiana, in or Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, Jackson, Mississippi. I did. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if one of yes. y'all wants to do a strongman bit, okay, very shortly, we're gonna do a drive-through movie night of the Greatest Showman at, in the parking lot of the <gasps> and we're gonna perform alongside <laughs> while the movie is showing on the on the big screen. So, oh. so I think I've told you before. Say that again because I was watching the levels and that didn't pick up at all. Okay, so, so say it right, right into the mic. So we're going to do a we have a drive-in screening that's going to be camp. set up, and then we're going to we're going to show the greatest showman. And while the greatest showman is going on, we're going to have performances going on below into the sides of it. So if one of y'all wants Win. to come do a strongman bit, mm-hmm. when you ready for all your people to click off? <laughs> I have never seen the greatest showman. Oh. What? Uh, I've are never you seen kidding it. me? I'm, I'm I'm not a musical person. Put put that aside. Remember when I told you Always Sunny was good? Yes. And you trusted me I a trust second you. time. Okay, trust listen. <laughs> trust me when I say this. Okay. The Greatest Showman is it, it, such a so good it. It is movie. So is it on any of the streaming apps? Disney Plus. All right, I'll watch it on streaming plus tonight. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna do that, and we're gonna have live stuff going on alongside okay. with the music. What's the date? Uh, the actual final date we're, we're lining up. It should be the last weekend in March, that last Saturday. Message me that. Okay, that's, I'll double check it with our calendar. That's doable. I, look, you, you mentioned you Greatest Showman. You, 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 you mentioned Greatest Showman. I have to be involved. Can I be Hugh Jackman? <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Jackman. I, right. Hugh I, I think ja- I have a, a slightly different role for you. <laughs> you will be huge, just maybe I, not the Jackmans. I know exactly where you're going with that. There we go. Yeah. He's going to be the stage? <laughs> no, no, no. It's fucked up. Watch the movie. <laughs> I will watch the <laughs> I will watch the movie. Awesome. Awesome. All right, so we've talked about the upcoming events. We've talked about what y'all do. We talked about we talked about circus in general. Um Tyler, before we move on to our next topic, do you have anything specific you want to talk to uh, ask David about? Honestly, that way I'm David can work his uh his right side. Enjoying listening to both of you talk back and forth and just me kind of dropping in here and there I, i've i've really enjoyed that concept so far all right well you want to move on yeah sure david what the hell is dnd because i am a nerd but i don't know anything about it and i don't really think tyler knows that much about it either <laughs> dnd is like the joint that's how i got into all of this it's the best way i can describe really dnd because i so in dnd it's basically um a short version of performance theater sure and what it really is is that everyone comes together and they are going to tell a story together. So okay. you got four to five, six people, right? And you have one guy who's a dungeon master. The okay. Dungeon master serves as the rules educator, lawyer, and has to play the role of everyone that's not present at the table. Okay. He deals with the NPCs. Now, a storyline is created. Sometimes it can be just as simple as, hey, we're doing a dungeon crawl, which is we go room by room, we clear the dungeon, slay the monsters. Retrieve the princess or retrieve the treasure and then get the hell out of there. Okay. It can be that simple. Okay. It can also be much more complicated. Every DM has a different flavor they do, but it's all just stories. It's literally just us coming together and free form telling a story. Okay. All right. Um, now, you can make it as big as you want it. Like, I hate to say this about myself, but I have now gotten to that point where I have a ton of D&D miniatures and terrain and maps and all this stuff. Also made by Ethan Ingalls. He does that, too. He does. Um, and I thoroughly enjoy that side as well. I also enjoy when it's just four of us sitting around playing D&D. Okay. You know, I, I've run games as big as having 
30 people in a room and mm-hmm. there's massive battles unfolding, like a Lord of the Rings-style battle. Like you actually did the Battle of Five Armies recently, didn't we you? We did. We built the entire town. We built the mines. We built the whole nine yards, and we did the Battle of Five Armies, and you had people controlling both sides of, of, of the forces. And I was just there to tell you what the rules were okay. and what happened, and everybody else did all the work. Okay. But that's not a story-driven side. The D&D side is all about the story. And that's actually a lot of what happens in the circus side when we create these shows. Mm-hmm. It comes from that ability to just spontaneously create content because of D&D. Okay. So it's very much like an improv thing, like the uh, like the whole yes and kind yeah. of aspect. Right. Uh, well, that's one way. There are people that spend a lot of time writing out almost a book okay. of, of stuff. Um I'm somewhere between those two. I'm good at improv, but I also do like having a, a good skeleton plot line yeah. that spans a long time frame. I have noticed that about you. Like, like this is our first podcast. Uh, for those of y'all that don't know, me and Tyler usually come up here with a basic idea of what we want to talk about, and then we fly from the seat of the pants. Today, we actually have next to the camera an outline of what <laughs> of key points that we are going to meet, and that is uh, – that is courtesy of David Gable here. He sent us an email of things that we probably need to cover, and I think we've done a pretty good job of following You really that. have. I mean, you, you've, hit, you've, hit, you've done hit all the points. Yeah, it's going to be standard SOP from now on, I think, um, because there's a lot of things. Um, if you've been watching the podcast, you know we've been covering WandaVision. Uh, episode 4 and 5 are going to be covered on next week's episode. Yes, but so be there, ready for that. There are some points that have been in my head that I've forgotten to talk about, like the whole Mephisto thing. Yes. I've wanted to mention that for the last two weeks, and I keep forgetting. Uh, have you been keeping up with WandaVision? I'm once, uh, I have not seen episode three yet, so right. my wife and I have a date right. tonight to finish it. We are not going to spoil things for you. I actually don't mind because I already know I'm going to enjoy it because yeah. that is one thing Disney does well. They do. They yeah. tell a great story. They, they really, really do. The House of Mouse, while they are tyrannical, they are good at delivering. They're so tyrannical. Have you seen that meme where it like, goes into the future where Disney has taken over <laughs> the United <laughs> yes, States? Yes. I, I love that. that. <laughs> I love that meme. Um, and there's okay. a good reason because they are efficient at what they, they do. They are. They are. And they do a great job with everything except for the sequel trilogy. Yes. They, they, well, okay. First, it was still <laughs> good. the mood it of the room good. drops. No, no. It was still good. I still enjoyed taking my kids to it, right? Yeah, I enjoyed going to watch it. Right? But yeah. I also realized it could have been so much more. They really uh, they really shortchanged Finn's character, I think. Yes, they did. Like, Finn could have been so much more, but they decided to just put all of their cards on Ray. And Rose didn't need to exist. I really don't think Rose added anything to the story whatsoever other than to, like, Finn sacrificing himself for the mission would have been an incredible end for that character. Yes. Yes, it would have been. And they they, kind of ruined that, like, with Rose coming in because of love when she's known this dude total, like, five minutes. Didn't make sense to me. Uh, Like, at all. Like, and... I think Luke was extremely mishandled. I think there, there's so much that I think Mark Hamill there. feels that Luke was mishandled. Oh, 100 percent. He want he, <laughs> like like he loves what John Favreau is doing with Luke right now. All right, right. I hate to say this. Have you not seen The Mandalorian? Hold, no, no, hold on. Get the fuck out. No, I've seen. Uh, no, I'm up on The Mandalorian. <laughs> okay. No, John Favreau. I for whatever reason I never realized how many things he's been behind that yes. I have loved. Everything he touches turns to the gold. I mean, instant Christmas classic, the I, I, the Marvel I, Cinematic Universe. If you've not seen it on Netflix, the shows that made us is worth watching. 
Yeah. All right. I haven't seen it on Netflix. I've watched The Dude, Toys That Made Us. Have I haven't a, watched that one yet, though. You should go watch The Shows That Made Us on Elf, and you and, and if you did not love John Favreau before that, you will love John Favreau after that. I'll tell you what. I, it took me years before I realized that was Chloe Deschanel. Mm. <laughs> like like 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. I, I did not realize that was Chloe Deschanel, and I understand how nobody knew that that was Clark Kent. <laughs> I understand now, <laughs> completely. So I, I was not an Elf fan. I, I really, mm. Every time I'm, my wife put that movie on for the last 18 years, I was like, oh, God. I can't. Well, you probably like the classics. No. No? But, but hold is on, it that just, you hate Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell and I, I, I don't get his sense of humor is the best way mm-hmm. I can describe it. Um, however, after watching the shows that made us, I have so much more appreciation for his ability as an actor and mm-hmm. his talent than I did beforehand. And okay. so I am – I'm now a Will Ferrell fan. Okay. I like him in certain things. I really enjoyed Step Brothers. Okay. I enjoyed Elf. You cannot pay me to watch Talladega Nights. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, no, you, you no, can't no, pay no, me. No, no, I won't. And I like him as supporting okay, you're actors. You're right. I, I, I like him in bits. Like. <laughs> in, in pieces. Like, in old school, he is awesome. Yes, but he's playing a certain – Yes. I can expect that from that guy. <laughs> I love that. And maybe if there's time, Home Depot. Uh, <laughs> I love him in old school. I love him in Wedding Crashers. But Another thing that rubbed me the wrong way with him is his uh, – when he played D'Angelo in The Office. You remember that little – I do. Five minutes he was on that show? It was awful. Yeah. It never clicked. Uh, well – they tried to they tried to like bring in a bunch of big celebrities into the office just to tease that something big was coming. They did that right. with Jim Carrey too, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, he he uh, he had like one cameo. Mm-hmm. Uh, him, Ray Romano, um, which James Spader was in that same episode, and he ended up hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I got a question for both of you, if you don't mind. Okay. All right. So this is not on the bullet points, but it was my secret point. Oh. oh he's got a secret point. Secret point. I like Where it. is it? Where's your secret so, point, David? What about nerddom did you just activate on? What was it that clicked that made you just go, this, this is where I enjoy it? What, what brought you into the fandom? For me? Mm-hmm. It's the original Star Wars trilogy. That I moment just, when, when it I started just, going up and they, and they panned over the Death Star and as the credits went up? I mean, like, that, that whole Star Wars thing was what initially sucked you in. Right, yeah. It, it, a new hope. It, it just... The old Ben Kenobi telling the story to Luke about Anakin Skywalker, and you know, and it, at the point I got into it, I already knew Anakin Skywalker fell to the dark side as Darth Vader. So I don't know. For me, not to be around. How old are you? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah. So yeah, y- y- you didn't see Star Wars in the theater. You didn't, see it, but you caught it later on. Right. right. Yeah. But you know, I I was able. I was around for the prequels, so you know. For me, in theaters, the prequels How old were... were you when you saw these, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, let's see, 99, I was... Uh, so it was the prequels that then made you go back and watch the original three? Right. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. And and just seeing Obi-Wan, knowing what he went through during the... Well, I mean, it, it unfolded, but I to see where he got... During the Clone Wars and during, you know, Revenge of the Sith and things like that. It's really heartbreaking how much he went through and still just kept his composure. He went through more than any Jedi should. Exactly. Well, and that's part of the, their whole thing. Their whole mantra is, you know, 
the, the Jedi, anything can be endured. Right. You just have to accept that this too shall pass. Right. And that's one of their big things. And well, and we can talk about, man, we could go so much longer. On yes. Hour yes, we could. All yeah. right. But no, so there's always something that draws people in. So as bad as the prequels were for some people, like everyone like, hates on the prequels. Right. But it was an introduction moment for a huge group of people into Star Wars. It was. Then they would then turn around and they went and watched episodes four, five, and six, and then you know it brought them all in. I can, you know, I took my kids to go see you know, everything th- as they came out to the best of my ability, and then you know when oh this one's born later, you now have to go sit down and watch this. This is a family journey together. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But uh, so for you it was the Star Wars the prequels. What was yeah. it for you? Which fandom? Which fandom? I can remember specific moments for a lot of them. Okay. Pick one. Let's go. F- let's go from there. The first one it would be the best one because that's what I'd ask. But well, what was the first you see, moment that you, you started thinking I may be a nerd for watching this? You see, that's a good question because if you go back further enough, far enough, if you go back far enough, you have like chapters in your life, but you don't really un- you don't really know the specific orders of those chapters. Right. Um, I can't accept that. I think for me, it, it could be a couple of things. I have actually, I still have that box of a bunch of old Spider-Man comic books from the '80s that I found in my dad's closet when I yes. was a kid, and I, I I read like like I probably know more about the '80s era Spider-Man than any thirty-year-old on this planet. I would almost I would be willing to bet money on almost like almost anybody. I, I probably know more about just that era of Spider-Man comic books. Um, and, and before that, too, because a lot of those comic books were the old Marvel Tales series, which were reprints of the Stixies comics, but it was written by Stan Lee and drawn by Steve Ditko. So the old school, I, I know a good bit about. Uh, so that would be for as far as superheroes go. But I think maybe before that might have been Dragon Ball Z. You're one of those. You're a Dragon Ball I Z am, guy. I'm a huge Dragon oh Ball Z Oh, my God. I, I specifically remember the very first time I saw an episode of Dragon Ball Z. I didn't even know what it was at the time. You probably don't know enough about the series to understand uh, what I, I'm talking I, I about. I hate to say this. This is one of those moments of the – I cannot stand Dragon Ball Z. David thinks I'm too damn nerdy. Uh, and I know Tyler's <laughs> not a big fan of Dragon Ball Z either, but there is a – I just uh, never gave it a chance. I, I remember being a little kid. My dad was in between main jobs, so he was uh, – he's been a handy he, – he, like he's been in construction my whole life. Right. So whenever he's in between jobs, he does like handyman work. That's what that's what he did when I was growing up. And I remember being at this woman's house. It was after he got off from his main job. He's trying to earn a little bit of extra money. Uh, I don't know what he was like fixing, uh, which I'm assuming he was fixing something. Now that I'm 30, thinking back, <laughs> could have been something else. But I'm ass- but he uh, I'm assuming he was fixing something. I remember there. Her TV was on, and it was late. There are multiple movies that start that way. It was, yeah, right. <laughs> it was, uh, it was late night tsunami, and an episode of Dragon Ball Z was on. This was back when it just came on at night, uh, and it was the uh, it was the unedited version. And kids today do not understand that you know if you didn't tune in for whenever your stuff aired, that was yes, it. yes. But it was a fight between, and I didn't know what I was looking at, at the time, but now I know it was Super Saiyan Goku and Frieza. It was ah. this big long fight, and I'm just looking at it. How it's many like, episodes did that take to, to, to solve? Forever, and there's a reason for that. the The writer Akira Toriyama, at the time, the TV show, the anime, was only four to six weeks ahead of the manga. Oh, so they stretched <laughs> the anime fight out so that <sighs> Toriyama. Yes. Now I have to start rethinking my opinion of Dragon yeah. Ball Z. 
it was so that Toriyama could pump more story out so that, you know, the two so wouldn't catch up. So instead of doing the Game of Thrones things, and we just make it up once we get past what's written. That yes, they, actually they were waiting for – yes, they were waiting for the source material. That's why the five minutes that wow, takes Stanley to explain. Wow, how much different would Game of Thrones be if they'd done the same thing? If – what, J.R.R. Martin? Is, is that is – that George. George. George R. Martin. That's right. Uh, I'm, I always confuse the first I think you got those – between him and J.R. Yeah, Tolkien, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, if he just would have gotten off his ass, stopped working on side projects, and finished his series. I don't think he wants to. I think there's more money in the uh, in the TV show, and I think he's bored with Game of Thrones now. He's never going to finish that series. Mark my words, he's going to be dead first. Well, that's what most authors do. They keep adding on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just saying, what author is going to be like, okay, I am completely done with this. I'm not, I'm not coming back to this world. I mean, even J.R.R. Tolkien was in the process of writing some stuff before he passed away. And McCaffrey yeah. with the Dragonflight series. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yep. When but it becomes when, – when storytelling becomes business, what sells more, yep. books or merchandise? De- definitely merchandise. Yeah. But back to fandom, speaking of J.R.R. Tolkien, that's the other one. I specifically remember laying in my bed upstairs reading The Hobbit – because it was for accelerated reading points, my dad wanted to go to the arcade, or we were going to go to the arcade, and I said, "Let me finish this chapter." It was. Did you ever read The Hobbit? More than once. But you okay? It was the scene in the forest where he's up against all the spiders. Ooh, I was reading. Moment. I was reading that chapter, and I had to finish that chapter before we left. I so, get it. Yeah. So uh, years ago, b- well, first off, I need we need we should do a shout out real quick. Okay. All right. Oop. Just um, kick the table. The whole Hobbit series, Lord of the Rings series, when they redid those those two sequences of movies. Okay. All right. The director did such a phenomenal job, and I'm having a total mind blank right now on his name. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. My God, that man is – he made so many things I wanted to see happen mm-hmm. in the from the books happen to the movies. Thank you. I mean, Did, didn't he make a King Kong movie too? He did, but uh, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the, the Lord of the Rings. Okay, I couldn't remember if I was like confusing that or if I was thinking Mighty Joe Young. So hold on, <laughs> um, I took my my Cub Scout group at that time. Mm-hmm. So this is Alex, Tim. My, I, for those that don't know, I've got you know three kids. Twelve kids, not twelve. Fertile ass <laughs> man. <laughs> Anyway, Poor I had a Cub Scout group. Actually, we had 12 kids in the Cub Scout group, <laughs> in case you're curious. They were all his children. Don't let it be fooled. No, 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 no. Anyway, so we took the Cub Scout group to go see uh, The Hobbit when it okay. came out. And Jack was actually like four or three at that point. Mm-hmm. And he sat between me and this other adult, Steve Stone. And we're sitting there watching The Hobbit. And at the end of it, Steve and, my, and Jack acted up during the movie. Right, but he mm-hmm. didn't act up bad. He acted in emo- – he was the emotional indicator you wanted. If you wanted fear to be conveyed from that screen, this little boy was trying to get under under the seat mm-hmm. to get away from the trolls or, or the spider. Or if you wanted her- heroism, he's on the very edge of the seat, leaning forward like, yes, yes, we can do it. And so, I mean, he was the emotional indicator of everything you wanted in the movie. At the end of the show, we're getting up. Steve Stone looks at me and goes, this guy, this guy made the movie for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he was mm-hmm. exactly what I was already feeling, but he was actually physically responding you, to it. You mean to tell me Jack had an animated personality? I don't know where he gets that from. I don't know where he gets that from either. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all should really watch the YouTube videos <laughs> of this. 
Right? Don't y'all post this? To yes, as we well? do. Uh, we generally post. We'll, po- we'll post a full video, but just I'm just saying this microphone constricts my animation. Yes, definitely, definitely. But uh, what we do is we post a full video of the entire podcast, and then like if we spend a certain amount of time on specific topics, we'll snip that down into little smaller sections that are easier to digest. Just because who, who sits and watches watches YouTube for an hour on one video anymore? Like practically no. If one I click on a YouTube video and it's more than what. 10, 15 minutes, I'm probably not going to watch it. I understand. Unless, unless it's something I really want to watch. Well, I, the, I the, pro- the problem is the way YouTube puts their videos. If you're watching a video and you reopen YouTube, it doesn't show you that video. It assumes that you never want to watch it again. Right. So if you want to finish that video, you have to go and find it. If YouTube, ch- if YouTube changed that algorithm a little bit, I'm willing to bet that a lot more people would watch multiple videos. Would finish it. Yes, but... Yeah, I would finish the video. I think I said the exact opposite of that. You did. Um, but I appreciate it. Yeah, that's why we invited you, because I suck. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so anyway, speaking about cutting videos one down, hour. we are. Uh, but there's something I'd like to like to touch on, and we got distracted. You know, go figure. We were talking about D&D. Ah. How does one actually get started in D&D? Like, if me and Tyler wanted to get started and get a campaign going, where would we start? Well, you would say, hey, David, I want to play D&D. And I'd be like, all right, man, we're going to make this happen. Okay. So, all right, man, we're going to make this happen. Do you like pirates? Uh, I have no opinion of pirates either way, but I can go with pirates. Do that you works. like pirates? I'm with Cameron on that. Either way. Well, oh, no, so this is the thing. Pirates, dungeon. Do you like the, the classic dungeon experience? I'm not talking about BDSM here. I'm talking about, like, nor- <laughs> normal, normal dungeon here. Just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you want the classic, you know, more of the, of, of the medieval knights and everything else across the battlefield? Would you, where would y'all like to go in this story trope? We can go with pirates. Yeah, that works. For pirates' sake, yeah. All right, that's fine. Uh, you know, so I happen to have, because of our latest endeavor in our D&D world, quite a few pirate ships lying around. Okay, all right. So we're going to go for a D&D pirate-style theme. I'll come back if, if you're willing to have me. I am. And uh, we'll, we will do a small-scale D&D game. Okay. Do you think that we can make a small enough scale to where if we cleared this table off, because I am getting an end table for our uh, electronic setup, to where we could have it set up on this so that people at home will be able to kind of see what's going on? I won't be able to use – yes, we, I, I can make that happen, but we'll okay. have a, a few equipment change-out moments. Okay. So we'll need to get a, f- a few, like, b- boards to b- – there's moments where we'll go from the ship side – and then we scale down to the uh, individuals battling across the ship. Okay, you tell me what we need, and we can make it happen. All right. That we c- Once again, back to circus, I love the problem-solving aspect of challenges. Okay, awesome. So now that we figured that out, y'all ready to take this home? Sure. Let's do it. You got anything else you want to touch on before, uh, before we hit this? Um, thanks for coming on, by the way. Uh, that, that, that's one of the things I wanted to say. Um, we know you are a plethora of knowledge, and especially in, in our – neck of the woods as far as nerdum goes and things like that um i find that a lot of the same challenges in the circus world and the strongman world are the same yeah it's really amazing like when you're trying to grow something it's it is like the marathon right mm-hmm. you, you can't think of it as a sprint because you think of it as a sprint you'll burn out right it, you have to think of it as a marathon i have to go this this and this 
So don't overexpend your energy in any one thing at any time because you still have so much longer to go. It's a definitely a brick by brick process. Right. So it's like I don't think you realize just how much uh how much linking up with a group of people that is just a few years ahead of us in this process has helped this place grow. We probably would not be in this building without having met y'all's group and watching some of the uh the lessons learned that y'all have gone through saw before <laughs> we, we have done some of those. Yes, yes, definitely. And I have gotten to watch y'all learn those. And uh, it's a great thing about the human brain is you can learn from uh, from other people's lessons as well. You so. can. Um, what I really love the most, because mm-hmm. right, this is one of my big frustrations. I love Baton Rouge. I love Louisiana. I love our community. Mm-hmm. We do so many good things here. We do. But there are people like, screw this place. I'm out. I mean, it's not Miami. Yeah. You're right. It's not Miami. So whatever it is that you feel that this needs, mm-hmm. be the guy that brings it. Bring 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 the woman that develops it. Be that person mm-hmm. that is a change. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. If you want more of this in this area, well, then bring it. Put the work in. Don't take the cheat code and go to where it's already at. Yeah. Go visit that place, study, look at it for a bit, and then come back and go, okay, now I know what I want to do. Yep. All right? And work at it. It, Yes, it will be hard, it, it, but it's worth doing because then the place that you came from, you leave it better than you found it. Definitely, and definitely. That is the awesome thing about humans is that we can do awesome things when we work together. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Sorry, I got on my high horse for a minute. Oh, no, it's all good. That's what we're here for. Right. Uh, so before we take this home, you want to tell the people at home where to find you? Yes. So gymfitbr.com is our training area. If you want to come take a class, we would love to have you by all means. Come try the silly. Come do the awesome, you know, and buy, and take as many photos and videos of you doing those things while you're doing it as you want. Then if you want to see our shows, Bayou Cirque, it, you know, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. We have the YouTube. Um, and then Circus Louisiana is still small and fledgling because it really just exists to make the events happen. Mm-hmm. But that, too, will change as more and more people get on board. I can definitely tell you all Bayou Cirque is where you're going to find a lot of the most interesting uh, content. But they do all that content, um, with the exception of the shows, within the confines of Gym Fit. So if if this kind of thing is a is something that interests you, go follow Gym Fit, go follow Bayou Cirque, and go pay them a visit. Because not everybody's going to want to pick up rocks, but you might want to pick up yourself. And these guys are the guys that help you do that. Hey, we have multiple classes on uh, how to pick up other humans. Yes. So, you know, it's it, it, it is a thing. It's trapeze. It's acro. And then – if you just want to get fit and have fun, come see us. Awesome, awesome. So, again, to support the podcast, you can do that a couple of ways. You can go and you follow Unmasked Studio on Instagram.com. Um, well, I guess it's just ins- – well, it is Instagram.com, but the Instagram app. Go follow Unmasked Studio. No S. Uh, a lot of people have been typing yes. No S. Go tell us what your favorite cosplay that William makes is. And uh, tell us tell us what you want us to get him to make us. Because, yeah, uh, yeah it's time for us to start planning for uh, Wizard World 2022. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I have a request. You have a request? What is oh, it? I do. Is it uh, Mermaid Man from SpongeBob? No. And I don't want to hear it, David. I can be Barnacle. <laughs> no, kidding, I can you, be your Barnacle you Boy. Be barnacle Boy? <laughs> Does he not? Would he not? If, if he actually worked at it and wanted to do it, he would look like a freaking awesome Captain America. Trimmed up with the, the full thing. Would, he yes. would be terrifying to have see him running at you with the shield. You'd be like, that would be bad. Yeah. Yeah, that would be so. I mean, he's odd. already right now. He's already got the blue jeans and the t-shirt on. All he needs to do is split a piece of wood, right? 
Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'll show you some wood splitting. What about Tyler? We can get you a Wonder Woman. You can do the shield throw. That's two different universes. I'm very fandom. We can cross them. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about Tyler? What do you want to see him? Because I, I have, I, I, boy. I, I have, I have my thoughts. I want to hear yours. Okay. You know my friend Kasim? Yes. Yes. And you know some of my other guys, right? Yes. I would. Lo- Marvel has a plethora of, of big guys that we can use as villains. Yeah. And have some heroes, and you get to trounce them. And I would love to see that happen. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening. Sorry, do you not know of any big guy? I mean, there's the Rhino, there's the Blob, there's oh my God, what's his? I name? think I know where he's going with I mean, this. Any of those, I think if you're talking about Spider-Man right now, he's talking about the Everlasting Juggernaut. <laughs> juggernaut would be. That's what I was going for. I was in reserve. I was waiting. <laughs> I, yeah, I just watched Deadpool two the other day too. So uh, yeah, a Juggernaut's fresh on my mind. And yes, I'm I combined saying, those two brands on purpose. I'm uh, just saying. My guys love when we get to do this, like Wizard World Comic Con. It is never a shortage of, you know, guys. I'm still missing one act. That does not happen. <laughs> you know, it's all right. So I'm always looking to include as many people as possible. We could do a group, a, a group act where you're the juggernaut and you trounce multiple of them until the final moment they manage to come together and find whatever it is that is your defeat. Yeah, that would be and cool. And the people at that con would love it. Well, I don't know if you remember this, but when he was Bane, that was supposed to end with you breaking the bat. Yes, it was. It was, and, and we had kids, to improvise the yeah, rest the, of the it. The kids started going, get up, Batman. Get up, Batman. <laughs> so you Yo. and Ben had to pull a second act out of your ass. Talk about having to improv something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you can just see all on video. Okay, now do this. No. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't know if you remember this, but and and Cameron probably remembers me talking about it, but I went back and forth on what villain I wanted to be whenever we were planning Wizard World. Mm -hmm. I I settled on Bane, but I kind of went back and forth between that and Kingpin. That'd be cool. Okay. We need to save the Kingpin, because when we do that one, we should do it right. Yeah. Okay. That's really a classic one. Costumes can be just... On point, and it will look so polished and so smooth. I have another idea yeah. that I think would really shine with the way our guy at Unmasked Studio does his co- cosplays. What's that? The thing. Ooh, uh, man, we have got some creative juices flowing right now. So ju- I love it. It's so juicy in here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Once again, y'all are back in bed with us. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Um, on Mass Studio, you want to tell them more about Strike Force? I know that's your thing. All right, so Strike Force Energy, we talked about that earlier. Veteran-owned energy supplement company. You can do, you can support us with that two, one of two ways. You can go to strikeforceenergy.com, load up your cart, and use the promo code Atlas Strength at checkout, save twenty percent. Or you can go to our Instagram, you click that link tree, and they've got a link for Strike Force Energy in our bio. You can go there, and it's just going to do all the work for you. Those are your two ways you can support us through Strike Force Energy. Don't forget, follow Atlas Strength Shop on Instagram. Follow the Atlas Strength and Iron, or I'm sorry, Atlas Nerds and Iron Podcast on Instagram. Follow Bayou Circle on Instagram. Follow Jim Finn on Instagram. And follow Unmasked Studio on Instagram. Definitely do all that. I just need to do one last thing. Okay. Sure. Brandy Gable, I love you. I got to do a shout out to the wife. You know, the only reason I'm able to do all these silly, stupid things is because this woman supports me in all the things I do. 
all right? She is the unsung hero behind, like, I'm doing the Enchanted Trail. She's out there holding the ladder, mm-hmm. h- handing stuff up to me and saying, David, that doesn't look right. You have to make it a little more level. And she is so talented in makeup, too. She's talented in makeup. She's talented in painting. She's talented in a whole host of ways. Mm-hmm. I just, I, you know, I've got to find ways to get her more credit at times. Hey, David, you, you ready for me to make things weird? Oh, Lord. Go for it. Hey, Tyler, how come you never thank Chelsea on the podcast? Oh! oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh no. <laughs> because I thank her. All right, and we are gone, folks. That, thank you very much for tuning in. <laughs>